What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bankroll Blitz. It's your boy, Mr. Brad Thomas. It's my boy, Bobby, at Prop Holiday. Bobby, how's it going today? It's going awesome, man. We got a little bit of snow here in New Jersey, our first one of the uh, of the season, I should say. Look, you know, I actually wore this beanie for you because, you know, down here it's like 85 degrees, but I know you're probably a little cold up there. So I was like, at least let me get into character. <laughs> no, well, my heat's blowing. If I put a, I mean, I'm sweating with the hoodie on, so I can't. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, it's going really good. We're getting to the end of a, of a successful regular season. Yeah, it, it's been fun. You know, so many great things have happened this season. We've hit some crazy tickets. Uh, we've had some some crazy sweats, but we also started our podcast, um, which has been one of the greatest things that's happened to me. And it's been an absolute pleasure sharing the regular season with you. As we, you know, get to the culmination of the regular season, we just head into an off season where both of us can be elated because both of our teams are in the playoffs. Both of our teams have legitimate championship aspirations, which is going to be super exciting. So let's get into it. Let's talk about our picks. I'm going to start off with my first play of the week. It's a game where some people might call it a head scratcher. I'm going to call it an over game. We're going with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. So if you think about these two teams, they're opposite sides of the spectrums in terms of an over team and an under team. Typically when I play games like that, I like backing the over for a team who's weaker defensively against a team who's weaker offensively. And what that means is we look at the Chargers. Throughout the season, they've had teams be able to hang a ton of points on them. The Texans, 41 points. The Giants, 21 points. The last five games the Chargers have played, the over is hit. Where the Raiders have struggled offensively a lot this season, only averaging 18 points per game. But I think they'll be helped out in a game what can be turned into a shootout. Both teams are vying for a playoff spot. Each one wins, each one's in. So I'm taking the over here 49 and a half, and I'm not thinking twice. Just and, and I love this play, obviously, for the reasons you said, but there's another piece that's getting completely overlooked that none of people are talking about. Darren Waller returns to practice this week. They have not played with Darren Waller since that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, and their offense has completely stalled without him. Oh, yeah. Getting him back is huge. It's huge for Josh Jacobs. It's huge from a points perspective. And the middle of the field is very, very uh, susceptible in this Chargers defense. They defend the boundaries. We talked about it all season. So Darren Waller being back, I think, really takes this Raiders offense over the edge and gets them back in that 20 to 28 point per game range. And we know the Chargers can score. That goes without saying. Yeah. So a kickstart to this Raiders offense, uh, I think, is huge. And it comes in Darren Waller. Hey, I appreciate you signing with me on this one. I know you have a play in the Texans game. I mentioned the Texans, and their offense has been pretty fun to watch. Go ahead and tell me what play you have. It wouldn't. I, I can't not end the regular season without another who the hell is that guy play. I've been doing it all year. Some of them have been successful. Some of them have not. Um, but I love trying to find these little gems, the overlooked players every single week. This week, I'm going to a Houston Texans wide receiver. I'm at Nico Collins, over 26 and a half receiving yards. It's minus 115. So he's hit this in two of the last three games and four of five as a starter. Now, so a name to watch is Danny Amendola. He's been lifted off the IR. He was activated last week, but he didn't play. Very curious to see if Amendola gets the, uh, gets the nod, gets some snaps this week. But if he doesn't, I really love Nico Collins. The Titans have given up the 10th most passing plays of 20-plus yards or more. So they're giving up more of these deep bombs. Uh, Collins has been targeted 17% of the time, and Mills has implied odds at 32 pass attempts. I think Collins sees at least five targets. 
his average target distance is 9.3 yards. If he snags three of these, he hits it. If he snags four of these, he blows past it. So he only needs three catches to hit this mark. Um, and it's been fun watching Davis Mills the last couple weeks. Yes, it has. He's, we know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, if Houston could keep him, they would love to. Chances are, if everything clears up, he will get moved. And Davis Mills, I think, is going to leave them with, is this someone we can use as a stopgap? Can we really just load up on the draft, take best person available? Maybe he can make us a, an, an eight and nine, nine and eight franchise until we find that guy. So last game of the season, I think Davis Mills um, puts up some numbers. I actually flirted with his over-under on passing yards. I'm going to go with Collins here just because it is so low. Um, so Nico Collins over 26 and a half. And I think this Texans offense, outside of last week against a good San Francisco yeah. defense, um, they've really been putting up some points. And Davis Mills has been showing that he is at least an NFL caliber player, maybe not an NFL caliber starter, but he could be a career backup. We've seen if Sean Mannion can be on a on a roster, I don't see why <laughs> Davis Mills cannot. Um, so Nico Collins over 26 and a half receiving. Honestly, dude, I literally love your zag plays because when I was putting this in the uh, in the ticker, I was like, Nico Collins, Nico Collins, Michigan, Michigan. Uh, oh, yeah, Texans. I love those plays because that really shows that you're going through, you're doing your work, you're finding the value. And every single time you have these zag plays, I, I don't even think twice about them. I put money on them. I'm like, all right, cool. We're riding the zag play. I, I love a good – I'm a zag. I'm the zag master. I, <laughs> everyone's going left. I'm going right. People are running away from the fire. I'm going in. Um, yes. I'm a big fan of it. But what do you got next for us, man? Dude, Operation Fade was tough this week. I'm going to go ahead and call it like it is. Operation Fade, for those who don't know, if you don't know by now, I'll tell you. It's where we take, look, take a look at the top four heavily bet public games. And I'll go through the list. Bears at Vikings. Vikings minus five and a half is – the second highest public total all season at 90%. Next is Chiefs minus 11 at Broncos at 83%. Next is Panthers at Bucks minus eight at 75%. And lastly is Jets plus 16.5. Jets at Bills, Jets are 16.5 favorite, 73%. I did consider doing the Bucks game um, because that has upset alert on it. The Bucks, you know, have so much drama going on. Bruce Arians is is wilding out saying we're not going to bench anybody. But I went with the Bills. Um, a couple reasons here. I talked about this first reason a lot on uh, the podcast where I like to look at lopsided markets, whether – and I don't mind betting on on something that seems super chalky. If the this is the highest lopsided market of the week, um, wasn't initially my first decision, but it made me feel a lot more comfortable backing it because it's such a big total. I think that a lot of people are taking the Jets here because much like the the Lions recently, the Lions have been very good against the spread. The Jets are coming off a huge letdown where they gave it their all against the world champs and just came up short. They actually got Tom Brady where Tom Brady came out. But in that game, what a lot of people are failing to realize is the weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all out. Then Tampa Bay's backup running back and Ronald Jones gets hurt. So they're already struggling to run the ball against a terrible run defense. And then their, their backup running back, the only guy in the game who really makes a difference from the running perspective, gets injured. So, yes, you can stifle Tom Brady when you take away the running game. As much as Byron Leftwich hates running the ball, he still needs to establish a run. And I think this is a good spot for the Bills. The Bills are going to – I think the Bills – one or two things are going to happen for the Bills here. They're either going to lose outright or they're going to win by 21 plus because this is a game where the Bills win 
They win the division, and I do not think that the Jets are going to be able to keep up with the passing attack of the Bills. And I, as much as I hate to say it, the Bills have a better passing attack than than the Bucks. Why? Because what the Jets were able to do against Tampa Bay, and I keep using Tampa Bay because we have such a recency bias in sports betting where the public will go run to the window because of what a team looked like last week. Well, what people are forgetting is Tom is planted to the ground. You can blitz Tom. If you're getting home on Tom, you can't blitz Josh Allen like you want to, which makes that passing attack more lethal. And they'll be able to mix in the run with Singletary a lot more. So I'm taking minus 16 and a half with the Bills. It's probably been the biggest spread that I've taken on Operation Fade, but I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. I was actually, it's funny you mentioned this game and you emphasize the passing attack. I was looking at Stefan Diggs. His over under and receiving yards is 71 and a half. Yes. He's, he's had a less. You know, he, his his season wasn't as, as big as we were expecting, especially coming off last year. And he's had games where he's gone over 100. He's gone well over 80 and 90. And then he's had games where it's 50, 40. Like, what, where did Stefan Diggs go? So yeah. um, I, I may, a, after hearing your operation fade, I may um, I may take a look at that Stefan Diggs over 71 and a half again. Because, um, I mean, th- this Jets defense, they do have Quinn and Williams. I do think they have a, a pretty good defensive line. Yeah. I love Jonathan Franklin Myers, um, but that secondary is suspect. This is a game they need to win. When you need to win, you rely on your playmakers. You rely on Stefan Diggs. You're yeah. not going to look to a Gabe Davis. Uh, maybe we do see Emmanuel Sanders. He is a vet in there just to make sure they lock this win in. But from a passing attack, uh, I, I do think it's going to be – it should be a blowout. 16 and a half is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, but – It's it's a game that they need to put away. The Jets are – Jets are just hoping to close the season strong. They put up some good performances, I think, recently, but this is a division game. It means a lot more to Josh Allen than I think it does to a to a Zach Wilson or a Robert Sala. So yeah. Hey, I want to talk one more just so we can go ahead and talk about this. Uh Stefan Diggs. You know he needs six catches to make an additional seven hundred and seventy thousand next year, and then eight hundred thousand the following year. Those are his incentives. <laughs> See these things. This should this should be on Pro Football Reference is player contract incentives. Yeah. So that I can use this. I mean, obviously, we know things. Whenever it comes to a record, TJ yeah. Watt, Cooper Cup, uh, Trayvon Diggs, we know records. But I want to know contract incentives yeah. because honestly, the this shows you, especially with a player's coach. You know, if yeah. you have a, a coach that wants to see their guys hit their numbers, they're going to try to get the ball to them early and often. So six receptions. I have to make a note of that. His yeah. overrun is probably six and a half. I'm willing to bet. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I was like looking at lines, and I was like, listen, I'm not a prop guy yet, yet, yet. I'm gonna be coming out with props next year, but I just wanted to look to see if I was gonna, you know, throw some money on there. I dig it, man. Cool. Up next, you have a uh, a play in the Broncos game. What you got for us? A little bit of suspect to go to a Broncos offensive player. Um, but this is probably their best offensive player, and it's rookie Javante Williams. I want his longest rush to go over 12 and a half yards. It's minus 115. Um, both teams are on a slightly shorter week. They're playing on Saturday. They last played on Sunday. So it's one day difference. Uh, but when you get up there in age, it, those things really matter. I'm going to favor the younger offensive player on a shorter week. He's still, you know, the, the kid's 22, 23 years yeah. old. I can call him a kid. Um <laughs> And I think he wants to finish the season strong. He's definitely won the snap share over Melvin Gordon by a narrow margin. He's had 59, 52, 50% of the snaps over the last three weeks. Um, They do want to – I think they have a good idea what they have in Javante Williams. 
but he's going to get, I think, the bulk of the carries. They know who Melvin Gordon is. Uh, there's a good chance he's probably not going to be on the roster next year. So let's see what uh, what Williams has. And if you remember that game five weeks ago, Williams went off. Um, yeah. Well over 100 yards against Kansas City. Uh, the middle of that defense is very susceptible. So Williams hit this versus Kansas City five weeks ago. He's hit this longest rush in 11 of 16 games so far. Teams are stacking the box against him a little bit, uh, but we saw Noah Fant go off last week. They do have weapons on the perimeter. Their issue is they have Drew Locke under the center. Yeah. Um, I do think he's going to get anywhere from 13 to 15 carries as long as the game is close. He just needs to break one for 13 yards. He has that speed. He has that breakaway ability, whether it's around the edge or right up the middle. If he gets one clean block, he's one cut and go. So, uh, Javante Williams over and a half, over 12 and a half yards for his longest rush um, against this Kansas City defense. Yes, the game means more to Kansas City than it does Denver, but um, give me a young player who wants to end his season strong and is still semi fresh compared to that. Uh, you know that that Kansas City defense. They have some older guys yeah. uh, up there up front with Jones. They have to you know Tyrone Matho. Um, these guys they know they're in the playoffs. It's a matter of seeding. I feel like that takes a little bit away from it. Um, so Javante Williams to break at least one 13 or more yards. Yeah, you said it. Um, it, it's a matter of seating for the chiefs. And when you're a team, especially a Super Bowl team, seating is not as important as, as the public makes it out to be. These guys would rather get out and get healthy. The only player who I really think is going to really give a crap on that defense is Jones because of his contract incentives. But I don't even think his is, I think his is a snap share, a snap percentage. I think he just needs to play like, half the game to get it. So I, I, I like that play because I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that we're really going to be too worried about the Chiefs going all out. I think that they just go out there and have fun, try to get healthy for the postseason. Yeah. No, it's, it really was more the line than anything else because he's a home run guy. I mean, yeah. we've seen it. He can, take a, he can take one of these runs 70, 80 yards. The fact that it's at 12 and a half, the fact that I think they know who and what Melvin Gordon is, Let's yep. let the rookie run. Let's let's get him comfortable and show him show the Chiefs what they're going to be playing against for the next four or five years. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with a field goal prop. It's been what like two weeks since I've had one. Uh, it's I've, it, I I love field goal props, and this one's a good one. Steelers at Ravens. Both teams have a outside chance of making the playoffs. It's really exciting, and this is going to be a two unit play for anybody who is a unit better, which is the smart better, in my opinion. Ravens over one and a half field goals. I painted this picture, and if you guys don't know, I put two units on this early in the season when it was uh, Ravens at Steelers. Nothing has changed in this scenario for either team. So the Ravens are still a 53, actually they bumped up from 53% to 63% red zone touchdown team. They do very well in progressing the ball down the field and they stall out when they get to the red zone. The benefit for them, they have a, was it 90% field goal kicker in the backfield, which is super amazing. And they're averaging, they're hitting this number 10 of the 16 games. The games where they didn't hit it were a blowout on either sides of the ball. And one game where they only kicked one field goal and it was I didn't bet the game, but I was, man, I was feeling for field goal players because there was a couple times they got to the red zone and it was like fourth and one, fourth and two, and Lamar Jackson ran the ball. <laughs> um, so if you want to look on the, the, the Steelers side of the ball, once again, the Steelers are much like uh, a lot of these high profile defenses that have kind of lost a little bit of a step where 
they're still talented. You know, they're not the defense of old. They're still talented enough to get off the field when you get into the red zone. And that's what really matters uh, for a bet like this. You need a defense who is a bend, don't break to stall out drives. There are, I think, top three in the NFL in opponent touchdown percentage in the red zone. That means touchdowns allowed. They're allowing, they're also third most in the NFL for field goals allowed per game exactly at two. I was expecting this number to land a little bit closer to minus 150. That would have been a no play for me. I don't mind playing minus 130. And if you guys really want some value, there's really good value on over first half field goals for Ravens. I wouldn't take it for full game for both teams because it drops down to like minus 110 as opposed to like plus 125, which has a lot more value. I mean, I, I'm glad we ended the regular season on a kicker prop. I and we couldn't we couldn't move on without it. You needed yes, to, and you've been on fire with these kicker props. I don't know if it's because you cover soccer, but um, <laughs> it makes sense. We all know what the focus of this game is going to be. Is T.J. Watt going to get the sack? Record? Yep. Oh my um, god. He needs what was it? One to tie, one and a half to win. Yep. Something like that. Um, I think he's going to be in the backfield early and often. They're going to bring the pressure all game to make sure he gets it. That's usually where these drives stall, like you said, inside the 30, inside the 40. Um, so, no, I, I I will never disagree with one of your things, I promise you. <laughs> I, I, listen, they're actually so much fun for guys who don't bet them. Like, I know I have friends who didn't start betting them until this year. Um, they're like, dude, these, this is the best sweat ever. It's it's third and eight, and you're like, please, no more yards, no more yards. Because if you know they get the fourth and one, they're going for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got I got burned on Robbie Gould for a, like a lock of the week. Uh, oh yeah, and he was it was one of those things when the announcer was like he hasn't missed a PAT all season. And I was like, oh son of a bitch! Why <laughs> yeah, that? he just jinxed the crap out of you. Oh yeah. So and then I, I kind of shied away, but you're you're in a different category when it comes to these kicking props. All right, dude. Throw 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 us a teaser, man. You have one. It's kind of fun. Plus money too. So I will say this. I think I may have rubbed off on you a little bit in the player prop game. You're definitely with the kicking. Sometimes <laughs> you throw in. And like you said, next year you're going to be a player prop guy. You have taught me something about teasers. And I put together a three-team, six-point tease for this week. Um, I love these teams straight up. So I'll probably sprinkle quarter of a unit on a three-leg parlay on these straight up. Um, but let me go with the six-point tease. So the Lions are three and a half. I'm putting that up to nine and a half. Me and you talked about this before. This game means nothing to the Lions, and it means everything to the Lions. Jerry yep. Goff should be playing this week. All, all signs point that he should be under center. He needs to show the Detroit franchise that they shouldn't draft someone next year. He needs to buy himself another year. Him under center, the, the team has been somewhat competitive. So they're at three and a half. Uh, they're playing a Packers team that I think Jordan Love is supposed to start. I'm not convinced on him. Um, the, you know, Dan Campbell is going to have his team raring to go end the season on a win. He's just that rah-rah guy. So I think the Lions win straight up, and now I'm getting a plus nine and a half points. That goes without saying. Now we're over to the Cleveland Bengals game. Both starting quarterbacks have been benched. Um, the, uh, the Bengals have locked up the division. The Browns are going to start Case Keenum. I think this Browns offense plays better with Case Keenum. It's that simple. Um, so they are – Six-point favorites, I'm just going to take them money line straight up in case something crazy happens. But Browns with Case Keenum, I think they're going to put up a little bit more points than we see with Baker lately. He should have got the surgery earlier in the season. Yeah, he should have. You, you could see how hurt he is. But Case Keenum is more than serviceable. 
and he's still playing to just stay in the league. So you will get the motivation from Case Keenum. And then this Seahawks play. So they're six and a half point underdogs against Arizona. Arizona has something to play for. They're playing yeah. for the division um, and to you know stay in the wild. They should be able to lock up a wild card, but they have a chance of the division. This is going to be the last run of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. All, all signs are pointing to them breaking up. They the Seahawks offense has been putting up points these last few weeks. I, I don't know if this yes, is they have. Wilson's farewell tour, but they put up 30 plus in the last couple of games. I think they put up was it 50 last week? Mm-hmm, 50. So they're getting six and a half in a game that I think they can win straight up. And now I'm going to add another six to that. So uh, Seahawks plus 12 and a half. I think Russ goes off on a win. And this is plus 140. So I'm definitely going to put probably two units on this. And then I'm going to sprinkle a quarter of a unit on all these teams straight up money line. Uh, Jared Goff is the name to watch if he ends up starting or not. He has been practicing this week. Even Tim Boyle was able to move the ball. So nine and a half is still a lot for Detroit. I feel great if Goff starts. Um, This is my three-team tease. It's the only tease I've done all season. And I'm going to close the regular season on a three-teamer at plus odds. It is kind of a crapshoot because we are dealing with backups, What's the motivation? Yeah. You know, it is the end of the season, but I feel very confident about these three. I will, I am going to bet them straight up. I'm going to bet them getting the points that I mentioned as well. So this is my three-team tease to end our week. Is it 18? Week 18 regular season. Yeah, dude, I love this uh, teaser. And I have, a, I have actually something to say about every single one of these games. Uh, first, from the Lions perspective, uh, I put this out in Discord last week. Um, take St. Brown, anytime touchdown. I still think that we still get good value. Last week we got good value on him because of Boyle starting, and it was plus two fifty. This week we get good value because it's they're playing against the Packers. And if you take, trust me, if you take one touchdown, just go ahead and sprinkle in two because we'll get very good value. He scored two last week, and it was good money to be paid out. Browns. The, this is more actually about the Bengals. The Bengals. Okay, so every year I do division winners on what's the spread, and I made two parlays this year because I was torn between the Patriots winning the division or the Bills winning the division. I nailed every single division in both parlays with the exception of the Bengals. And that would have paid out so fat. I put 25 bucks on each and I've never been more heartbroken or so incorrect about a team. But guess what? Their star, their beast, their future Hall of Fame quarterback is not playing. And I think this Browns team, I mean, the Bengals team is so reliant on the skill of of um joe burrow where it makes the browns so much more valuable even with case keenum under under center and for the seahawks you alluded to this they've they've been an offensive tear what's really happened to them that i've noticed a lot is their ability to establish the run they've been running the ball effectively which allows russell wilson a little bit more opportunity to throw the ball downfield because he's just not getting constant pressure and I think that, like you said, this is probably going to be the end of the Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll run. I think that if Pete Carroll wants to get back to being a Super Bowl winning coach, he has to ditch this old school offense. It doesn't work in the NFL. Um, It doesn't work in college. If you notice all of the great teams who've won Super Bowls, who've won national championships, they've been able to adapt and change their offensive philosophy to match this new age passing attack. Doesn't mean you can't establish run, but doesn't mean you're going to be a 70-30 run pass team. It's just not going to win you Super Bowls. It's been a long time. Um, I was going to say they've they've also made some just some poor personnel moves. I mean, giving up two. Oh my god, yes, Jamal Adams. 
I think is a mistake. Um, Bobby Wagner's like phenomenal all pro linebacker. He's getting up there in age. Yeah. Uh, they haven't really hit too well on. I mean, they used their, their first pick last year was in the second round. Um, they use it on Dwayne Eskridge. I mean, they have Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. Yeah. Where you go with your, your most valuable draft asset. Um, so I don't know if obviously we think Russ is going to leave. I yeah. don't know if he Carroll is still going to be there. I mean, he's he's getting kind of long in the tooth. Maybe he's yeah. lost with the team a little bit. Maybe the franchise goes in a different direction. But you, you kind of nailed it. That team is deplete outside of their wide receiver core and yeah. for Wilson. They're kind of depleted of talent. I mean, Jamal yeah. Adams can be an All-Pro safety. He's really more of an in-the-box linebacker at this point. Yeah. Uh, but they they've they've wasted some draft assets on. I'm going all in on Jamal Adams, and I don't think that's paid off. Not in this. I mean, no, not, not even. I don't even think remotely. No, they. I mean, they don't have an over-the-top safety, and your the offenses in your division are the Rams, the Cardinals. Yeah, obviously. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius, but they're yep. a more run-heavy team. But you know, they're, they're you're in the toughest division in football. I don't think they prepared well long term. Yeah. No. Totally agree. Well, I know that right now the lines are not up for the TD props. But we will do a $20 TD prop between the two of us. Uh, we'll publish it Sunday morning and we'll do a giveaway, guys. So make sure you are following us on Twitter. That's at BankRollBlitz with a Z. I appreciate you guys for, you know, joining this fun, festive podcast. This, this new thing that we've done that I've literally has brought me so much joy. I appreciate everyone who's been super supportive. Let's end the regular season with a bang. Thank you so much. It's your boy at Mr. Brad Thomas. It's your boy Bobby at Prop Holiday. Two L's. Take care, guys. Best of luck.